Coming to you from Helping Our Music Evolve in Nashville, this is The Quinn Spin. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a special edition of Quarantimes, brought to you by The Quinn Spin family. I'm your host, The Quinn. Although I'm going to, even though it says it there on the Zoom thing, I'm going to not do this episode as The Quinn. I'm going to do this episode as Gerard. Usually here at the Quinspin, we we like to have fun. We like to keep things lighthearted. We like to take your mind off of what's going on in the world. However, with what's currently going on in the world, um, we are going to take a little different perspective here tonight on the Quinspin and just speak from the heart and just, you know... <laughs> address the situation and where we stand, you know, as it pertains to the unrest in this country, in this world right now, you know, and I, I'll start off by saying, you know, here at the Quinspin, I mean, going back to our original run, we've had guests on from all over the world, five different continents, you know, and of not only all genres, but all races, all religions, all sexual orientations, ethnicities, circumstances. And we have been a very inclusive platform, a very welcoming platform, and we've always strived strive to be that. And, you know, speaking personally for me, you know, I, I've tried to do that in other projects, Underground Music Collective, you know, be inclusive of so many wonderful people from walks of life and in my own personal life as well. You know, I have friends all over the country of from all walks of life, as I said, and I have so many black friends who are wonderful people, you know, just brilliant minds, beautiful souls, and I value their friendship. I adore them as people. And to see what they're going through right now at this moment in time in our history is deeply unsettling to me and I want us here to use our platform responsibly to address this and to let people know that we stand behind people of all walks of life here at the Quinspin. So with that I will say Black Lives Matter. And if that statement causes you to say, well, all lives matter or blue lives matter, nobody's sitting here, nobody sitting at home disagrees with you. However, those are not the lives in danger right now. Those are not the people, the human beings that go out in fear right now, that feel so undermined by the society and the systems in place right now. This is not a time for us to talk about, well, not all cops. This is a time to talk about criminal justice reform. This is a time to weed the bad ones out, get them out, and make this country, this society, a more inclusive and welcoming place for all. This is not the time to talk about a flag, Drew Brees. This is a time to understand that different symbols carry different meanings to different people and to respect that and to celebrate our differences. This is not a time for our politicians, our quote unquote leaders, to tear gas protesters so they can go across the street, hold a Bible upside down in front of a church and pretend to love Jesus for two minutes. This is a time for true leadership. This is a time for true unity. This is a time for us all to come together and stand for one another as human beings. I wanna make that very clear that that is what we stand for here at the Quinn Spin, at Underground Music Collective, it's what we always will stand for here. And so 
here tonight on this edition of Quarantimes, I just wanted to invite whoever wanted to come on, whoever felt comfortable coming on, to come on and speak from the heart of our family. We invite you to speak from the heart in the comments. And hopefully we're doing something good tonight in just giving some perspective to this hugely important time in our history. So with that, I want to open the floor. We have kind of going around real quick to my, I don't know what side that is, uh, but B-Dog is right next to me, of course. Uh, we have Scotty Rock here. We have JD here and Drunk Uncle Lewis down there at the bottom of your screen. And I'm just going to open the floor up and let you, whoever wants to go next, kind of take it from here. Yeah, kind of, kind of, and by the same token that Gerard was saying earlier, you know, kind of getting away from the drunkle, just speaking as a human, just as Lewis, uh, I, it's been really hard for me to articulate and say everything I'm feeling because it just, it doesn't feel, it, it's just, I equated to, I, I remember distinctly, and I don't think I've ever mentioned this on the show. I remember when Sandy Hook occurred, the, the shooting at, at Sandy Hook. I actually went there about three days after. I was visiting family in Maine right after Christmas. Um, and, and I remember, I, you know, going down 84, that's the, the exit to where, where Newtown, Connecticut, where Sandy Hook Elementary School was. Is, is there an exit right off of Route 84? And I remember stopping there because I, I felt like I just had to because it was one of those times where one of the first times in my adult life, I thought if there's something that's going, if there is an event that's going to change something, it's going to be this. And I just remember the sinking feeling after seeing mass shooting after mass shooting after mass shooting occur after Sandy Hook that goes if, if we can't justify why we need gun re reform in this country after something like that, will we ever? And <laughs> I, I'm trying to keep myself out of that dark place with this, but a lot of times it, I sit here and, want, and that's why it's been hard for me. I've just, I've stayed off Facebook. I, I, I've, I, I didn't even realize <laughs> I, I think I accidentally made an insensitive post when I when it was blacked out Tuesday. I, I just posted a video of my nephew because I, all day I had been I had been off of Facebook and Instagram, social media, because it just it feels like how are we here again? You know, um, it's I, it's it just feels surreal, especially with this year and everything going on. It's just. How is it that in the middle of a pandemic, we've ended up here again? And it doesn't. And the reason I think I've had such a hard time articulating this and I'm, I'm trying to write it down. And I was planning on making a post sooner rather than later, because I want to make sure I, I'm a person who tries to calculate. I try to listen a lot before I speak. And to me, it. it it just doesn't feel good enough, you know, and especially of acknowledging that I've been so, so privileged as a white person in this country, and especially a white male, that it just seems so unjust and so 
so wrong that we're in this situation again that I just don't know how to say, I don't know how to express the fact that it feels like, can we ever get out of this, this vicious cycle? Can we ever break the, will there ever be a time? You know, it, it, brought, it brought me back to that moment of when I was at Sandy Hook thinking, well, surely this had to, this has to change something. And, and, and I don't want to be that person that's like, oh, this is down. And, 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 but I'm just, that's why I'm hesitant to post anything because I don't want to sit there saying, I don't want to be another voice in the void that says, we must have change. This is going to bring change. I, I'm tired of talking about it. I, I want to be about it. And I'm trying to think of ways to do that before I say anything. And that's, to me, that's where I'm finding hope. That's where I'm trying to find because, and I can't, and I don't want to condemn kind of to the same point that Gerard said, I don't want to, con- you know, he said, you know, yes, I get, I don't want to hear the, the blue lives matter, all lives matter. Yeah, I get it. No one has ever tried. We're not trying to, <laughs> the movement's not trying to, you know, nominalize other lives. It's, it's, it's trying to show you who's at risk. And, and the big thing is, and I'm not trying to sit here and say, I, you know, I have friends who are, police officers who are great people mm-hmm. that are a hundred percent with this movement and are a hundred percent against what happened in Minneapolis and they're sick over it as well. So I can't sit here and say that because I can't choose to believe that we are so far gone on both sides. And that's why I have a really tough time with it because the area I'm from, I'll be the first to see, I, I've seen, just overt racism from where I'm from it and it's existed and I call it out when I see it. And <laughs> you know, it's just, it, it, it's, it's almost like a running joke here that you have your group of people that get it around here. And then you don't, it, it's, 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 it's really strange area from where I am in New Jersey because it, it's probably one of the most diverse and split political areas you will ever find anywhere because you have a lot of a lot of liberal-minded open-minded people and then you have a lot of backwards people who just don't get it we just don't understand it but i choose and here's the thing and i think everyone can attest to this there's probably one or two people if not more that have probably surprised you in the last few weeks with things they've said and done where it's call a spade a spade. They've made comments that were, were racist and were, and we're not who you expected them to be as a person, people that you've respected. And it's not, and I guess to me, I choose to what I'm trying to hold on to and what I'm trying to fight through and what I'm trying to handle is that I'm choosing to believe that racism is a, is a taught behavior. It's a learned behavior. No one is born naturally hateful. You have to be taught that. And while that's something that's learned and is ingrained in you, I'm, I'm, my hope, my dream is that eventually we get to a place where it can also be unlearned. It can be, uh, and I'll be the first to say, I, I liken this to one time I, uh, 
uh, and I'll admit my own faults as a, as a human being. I, as I feel like was a more popular, not more popular, but I mean, a hugely popular TV show back in the nineties was friends. And there was definitely more than one or two homophobic slurs and, and jokes in that show that was widely popular at the time. And back then it wasn't a problem, but now if you rewatch the show, it's like, Ooh, that didn't age well at all. And I'll be one of the first to admit that as a, as a guy growing up in kind of the country here, it it wasn't uncommon to hear anti LGBT, LGBTQ statements. And I personally didn't understand the consequences, the, 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 the backlash of having made comments, jokes about those things. Cause I'm sure everyone I'll be the first to say I, as, as a young 10 year old, 11 year old, I, I threw around the term fag, not understanding what it even meant just because it was popular. And it took until I embraced people that I learned who they were and that I actually met people who were actually homo, not home. I'm sorry. Who were actually homosexual, who were actually transgender, who were actually bisexual, who were actually queer, who were people who were actually of that persuasion that I learned I was wrong and that I didn't know anything about that. And then I didn't, obviously I've changed my mind as far as my thinking has gone, but it wasn't until I experienced that, that I knew what I was doing was wrong. So my hope is, at least the way I'm trying to look at it, is that someone will turn around and say, I, I didn't know. I, I hope they see the stories that are coming out. I hope with the exposure, with everyone being home, I hope someone can turn around and say, I didn't get it because I didn't know as far as my exposure. I I've, I'm, I've been in my own little world. I've only been surrounded by my white friends. I've only been surrounded by people. I, I have a bubble of 10 people and I, 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 maybe that's too romantic of an idea, but my hope and my dream is that the more this is exposed, the more that we see. And, and that's where I'm coming from. I, I, I hope that, all the pain and all the hatred and everything this we come from a lot of us here on this program come from a background of art and creativity. And I hope that this inspires for every bit of hatred that comes out during this time. I hope it inspires twice the amount of art and twice the amount of beauty and twice the amount of creativity. And I hope that someone, even if it's just one person sees that and goes, I didn't get it before this, but now I do. Mm. And that's where you see change. And I, I'm a true believer in, and, and that's what I really want to get after is education is just starting young. And that's, you know, and I saw one post that really stuck out to me that I saw was there was this girl, um, it's, I mean, I'm sure everyone's seen a lot of the stuff that circulates, but there was this one girl who, uh, she was Muslim, and she was saying that every year when she got into history class, she was excited 
to go through her textbook and see the Islamic se- section of the textbook and and ask the teacher when are when when are we going to cover this? It needs to be more than just February mm-hmm. for kids that have an attention span of less than ten seconds. Mm. Black history and not just Black history, but every person of color, every every different beautiful part of this kaleidoscope that is America needs to be examined every day. We talk about some of these famous, you know, you, you talk about Maya Angelou and you talk about Uncle Tom's Cabin, but when, when have those ever been required readings? You know, when, when, have, when have you sat down and especially, I'll admit it, I was never, I knew about them. Was I ever forced to sit down and read them? No, but they're, they're pivotal parts of American history and culture. Yet, we're, we, we are forced to read John Steinbeck and, and, <laughs> and people who are, I mean, I, I'm just blanking right now. I'm sorry. My brain is fried. But, you know, you, you read people that were overtly racist and, and, and bigoted for their times. And, and we revere these artists. And, but look at how much in between then and now. We don't cover those things, and that's where it starts. The rock, the pillars of our foundation are built upon education. And I truly believe that if we're going to change anything in this world, it starts in our schools, and it starts as as gentlemen and ladies that teach our kids that it's, it's not – we shouldn't – you don't – how do I articulate this? <laughs> well, one, one thing that I, I, I'm latching on to, Lewis, is the, the idea of education as combating ignorance. I remember doing theater at Moravian College. We did the Laramie Project, which, for those who don't know, is about Matthew Shepard, who was a gay college student who was tied to a fence and left for dead out in Laramie, Wyoming. And we actually had somebody from the Matthew Shepard Foundation come and help us with our production and like do the talkback sessions afterwards. And the line he kept using that has stuck with me ever since, and this is 2008, was you can only claim ignorance until you've been educated. Mm. After that, you have the information. What are you going to do with it? Yeah. So that's just something I think for all of us to think of in this that's And that's that's a great line. And I, I... I, I couldn't say it better myself. And my, I guess my, my attitude is I hope that we start teaching our kids that it, it's, it's no, it's no longer okay. And it never has been to judge anyone by the color of their skin and solely go off the fact of who they are as a person and keep embracing their differences and their, in their diversity that's the best part of this country. You know, we're, we're one of the few places in the world you can find this, this different melting pot of so many. I mean, one of my favorite feeds, if you will, is the Humans of New York. I, I've always loved reading and seeing his posts of just think about how many different races and creeds and, 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 and sexualities and just how many different people there are how many different stories there are and it's how closed off are the world from you are, or how close off from the world can you be if you don't learn to embrace those things? And so my, my biggest thing through all of this is that I hope 
that we can start to learn a way to push because it doesn't it's not enough to say oh i stand i stand with of course we 90 percent of america stands with black lives matter and stands with the current progressive movement we're trying to make but it doesn't make a difference if there's no tangible action behind it and that's where i i hope i really hope that if not the school systems themselves if not communities themselves if not the the programs these kids are you know going to grow up with hopefully as myself as a human being i'm i'm hoping that i can figure something out to start giving back to the community at large so mm-hmm. that's that's where i stand currently that's that's kind of where i'm at well that was beautiful lewis and thank you for sharing all of that well done yeah yeah um i do want to give uh b-dog a chance to speak uh as a black man here in america witnessing all of this of course um just to get your perspective on things and what this is like right now um it's it's a lot um I, we just going going off of like my personal experiences um in elementary school we always had uh like a police officer that would be there and we all like they talked about there not to do drugs, say no to drugs, and this and this and this. And we like really looked up to them when we were younger because we were like, yo, like these guys are cool. And like once the first the first case that I remember seeing on television was the Sean Bell case. And for those who don't know the Sean Bell case, uh, Sean Bell was he was at his bachelor his bachelor party he was i think i believe a day or two days away from getting married and he was in his car and pretty much make a long story short because it's the same narrative um he was shot in his car by police um seeing that kind of like raised my eyebrows and I was as a young kid like seeing that on TV like I didn't understand the whole point or the, the entire situation um, so like I had questions and it kind of it, it kind of threw like shock because I was like well I'm cool with the police officer that's in my school like is he okay with this? Like what I, but then once I started getting older, I realized that that friendly cop that we were all cool with in elementary school, we started meeting the rest of his friends or his coworkers. Mm -hmm. And we just, now it got into, it got to a point where I had to I had to start having talks with my parents. Mm-hmm. 
And at, at that time, it wasn't really like a thing. People were like, yeah, please tell your friend, like, if you're in trouble, this and this and this and this and that, blah, blah, blah. And then it wasn't until when I hit high school when uh, the Trayvon Martin case happened. Right. And then that's when I started to, like, really, I wasn't really understanding why these things were happening. And then progressing into Eric Gardner and then Philando Castile, Oscar Grant, and just all of these people just killed by the hands of police. Now it was almost like, now we have to tell our kids, our either our black sons and our, or our black daughters that you have to fear the police now because of these situations. And there are, as uh, Lewis was saying, that there there are good cops that are out there. There are people that are like, this is wrong, or who weren't in that department, but they're like, no, what they did was absolutely wrong. But growing up black in America, it's like you're you're born with having to know that you automatically have a target on your back once you're born. Once you come out the womb, there's a bullseye right on your back. And that's that's the frustrating part. So when when people when there's like people that are in comments and that are saying like Oh, it doesn't matter. Either they were a criminal or they had a rap sheet. My thing is, doesn't it say innocent until proven guilty? Mm-hmm. All right. So even if there's people that are saying that George Floyd had a criminal record or whatever, or something, he would have had the opportunity to prove his case in court. And instead of him, either whatever the case or charges that they wanted to create, they decided to execute him in the middle of the street in front of so many people. Mm -hmm. And it's all what also makes people mad is that it's the fact that they tried to cover it up. And when when officers try to cover things up and people see it, Mm -hmm. that's what gets people really angry and upset. And I, for the past week, I have been so angry to the point where I was, I was fine with them, with people in Minneapolis burning things up. I was satisfied. I was I was cheering people on because I I just felt that what can what can we possibly do? We've already protested, we already had petitions signed, we already tried to talk to the government, but it's like no one wants to listen. Mm-hmm. And it was at that moment where they decided if we just light things on fire, 
maybe now they'll listen. And it worked. Mm -hmm. People are now deciding to listen. But now it has become a different situation where now we have people that are looting or people that are claiming that they're with the Black Lives Matter movement and they're not. And that's that's one thing that we are trying to address is that the people that are peacefully protesting are not doing the looting at all. None of that it's not even it's not even happening. And for people who are saying, no, it's not, they're doing these people are doing it. There are people that have videos that are proving it. Right. And there are there are people that are out there stopping people from doing it because they don't want things to escalate. Mm-hmm. Um it's also it's terrible in LA. Um I've watched um, his name is Kendrick and he's on a TV show on HBO and uh, he has an entire like live video where these officers block them from going down the street mm-hmm. and they shot them with rubber bullets tear gas to the point where he posted a photo of his entire body of what he looked like he showed up before and after. Um, he was hit with a club by an officer, cut his lip. He has bruises, uh, rubber bullet, like burn marks. And just seeing that people, a lot of people are saying that, well, they shouldn't be doing this or they shouldn't be doing that. They're, they're missing the bigger picture. That whole, that video with the and the New York squad car mm-hmm. plowing through those people, it, it made me so frustrated. Like I, I, I can't even, I can't even describe like how mad I was when I saw that. And it, it just, it just sucks because we we try to help and educate people and then there's we understand that this I'll say this we understand that people have different opinions and views mm-hmm. but when someone's trying to teach you something that's your time to listen and it's not your time to argue and throw in something else on why it shouldn't be like that. It's just like in school. If you're in school and if the teacher is telling you two plus two is four, you don't say, well, no, it's not four because it has to be this. Mm -hmm. It can't be four because how does that even match up? Right. It's it, for for me. I'm I'm trying to educate people more to tell them and show them just the timeline from slavery until now. That in all reality, we technically are still slaves to this country. 
And a lot of people love to quote the Constitution and talk about the Declaration of Independence and how everything is, this is why we are the great country that we are, but there's also loopholes within that in that document. Mm-hmm. It should be rewritten. It Exactly. It should be rewritten. Why should it be all, all men are created equal? Why can't it be all men, women, children, people of the LGBTQ, trans, it like it should be for everyone instead of all men. And it's it's just a lot. It's a lot to process. Um, it's I shouldn't say it's hard to talk about. But it's it's good to give your friends who are of color at this time space. Mm-hmm. Or ask in a way of how you can help. Do not get offended if they do not answer you immediately. Mm-hmm. If you can't get through them that way, then Google. We all have smartphones. Google, find a way on how you can either donate or find protests or just research. Just understand how we got here right now. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much all we're asking. If you feel, if you still feel that it's not, no, it all should be like this, like all lives matter and all that stuff, then great. That's your prerogative. But when someone is hurting, you can't just tell someone to get over it. Right. And because that's, that's just not, it's just not right. 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 I, I really like your point and thank you for sharing that and being open with us tonight. Um, yeah, I, I liked your point that I liked a lot of your points and I'm trying to think of the one I landed on that. Well, first of all, I think, you know, it is, you know, it is good to ask what you can do, um, you know, and understand that there are a lot of resources out there. There's action you can take yourself, you know, if you want to help. Uh, one thing in addition to donating, in addition to finding resources, it's also support your black business owners. You know, uh, we have a lot of them here in Nashville. Um, you know, all across the community of all different kinds, whether there's services, whether it's restaurants, you know, and there are people in artists, of course. I mean, I work with tons of, of artists here in Nashville of all races and, you know, supporting them and giving their work a voice too helps, you know, and just doing what you can to, to bring your friends up, to bring the people you care about up. You know, it, you know, and to, I, I think that in itself creates a sense of community. Um, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to speak out of place on that, but, you know, I think there are so many ways you can find within your community to help, 
and to you know to bring everybody from all walks of life into it you know um yeah th- thank you for for sharing that because i think you know it's important to understand you know what you're going through right now and how you know how all of us can can help and and, and speak up hey gerard yes Real, really quick. I just wanted to res- respond one thing to B Dog. I just, it's been driving me insane, and I, I, it's made me sad that you even had to say it. Um, I don't think in any way, shape, or form should we have to marginalize the fact that whether he was, whatever he was getting arrested for. Mm-hmm does not matter and i totally and i see why you said it because you and you see it the the idiots that come out in droves on facebook will saying well if he wasn't committing a crime he wouldn't it it doesn't matter it doesn't give a single person the right to be judge jury or executioner Mm -hmm. there's a reason we have a court system right well i don't care quite frankly i i don't care if he was there for his 20th crime I don't care if he was there for his 40th crime. It doesn't, you cannot diminish the, the value of human life over the fact that and, and there's no, <laughs> outside of murder itself, outside of actually killing another human being, there's no justifiable response that there's no way you can quantify even a little bit the response in which he was met with that I I don't want you for a second to say, to feel like you have to apologize and say, you know, Oh, well, you know, he may, you know, he, this or that, it it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he, if he was breaking the law running around stark naked and yelling, he's going to blow up the entire city. Quite frankly, it doesn't give, anyone the right to take a human life that's that's why they were that's why the police are there to protect and serve and not just but they everyone has the and i'm a big believer i know i know you guys were talking about the constitution i'm a big believer in a lot of the foundation we have in the constitution and that guarantees everyone their right to do justice and the fact that you felt even the slightest need to kind of justify his being there it it just it's it's sad to me because it doesn't matter truly it doesn't matter and i don't know i and that's i just want to get off that my off my chest because that that's (laughs) i haven't said anything on facebook or anything but someone posted that and it it drove me up a wall because i said I don't care if he was there, you know, breaking every law the city of Minneapolis has. He doesn't. He didn't deserve to die. So I just I I wanted to say that too. Mm-hmm. Could I I I also this will be like the last, but I think that there needs to be another situation when it comes to um, incarceration in in. Well, I shouldn't say it like a new law, but like there should be something that helps um, people who have just been released out of prisons because 
it it sucks when if someone did let's just say five or ten years in prison and they get out and you know they did their time they understand the things that they did wrong and now it's time for them to get a job and then there's that box mm-hmm. have you ever been convicted of a felony yeah. and then they check that yes and then they don't get the job mm-hmm. and then they go back they find a, try to get another job they check that box they get they don't get the job that also makes a lot of these people go back to doing what they were doing in the first place because they don't have a home to go to now because either their family doesn't trust them mm-hmm. or now they can't the, the yeah the government technically doesn't trust them right. and when they try to go and get jobs they can't get anything Mm-hmm. And these are mostly the people that you either see that are homeless or these are the people that are either on drugs in the street or that are going back to either doing those awful crimes that they did because they're like, this is my way of getting money mm-hmm. since no one else would hire me. Um, and I, I, I think that should be a new, a new thing, something that needs to be at least passed and not saying, and not even saying like, give them full, like 40 hour work week, work weeks. But if it's something small, like if it's only like 25 or like 30 hours a week, at least they're getting money to be like, Hey, like this is, this is what I need to be doing. I don't need to be back either selling drugs or robbing people or murdering people. Like I, now I have a steady job where someone trusts me to give me a paycheck every two weeks. Um, I, I think that's the one thing I, I want to see changed. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't even have to be this year, it can be in the next couple of years. But that's something that I I, I wanna I wanna see in the future. Just to give them a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people like, reform themselves. People change. It's no. I mean, it is a huge part of this, and it's a great point, B Dog, because criminal criminal justice reform is something that is largely largely overlooked in this country, and it's it's insane. Because you're a spot on. It, it's it's insane that we expect people to be incarcerated for years on end, and then to try to assimilate them into a country that deems them unworthy. It, it's just it doesn't. It's a broken system. That's why we have one of the worst repeat rates in the world. It's because our 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 justice system is broken, mm-hmm. and. And I think you make uh, the call to action is now because, uh, hey, I understand you're you know you're you're looking for something a year or two. You're you're not looking for the whole world all at once. You want small, you know, one step would be great. But at the end of the day, it's an election year, and I guess my yeah. challenge to anyone here mm-hmm. watching this, starting with that point, is get your ass out. If you are watching this, if you are 
I don't care what side of the tape you fall on. Go register, and if you're not, shame on you. But you have time still. This is my, guess what? Especially all my New Jersey peeps. It was extended until July, our, our primary. You still have time to have a say for the primary, not even the general election. You can still register to vote. So go get your ass out and register. And, and oh, wow, my dog's barking in agreement. <laughs> and, uh, um, get your ass out and register and get educated. You have enough time. The elections, listen, you're not going anywhere. Nothing's open. Go read something. Learn about a politician. Learn about who wants to. There are people who want to make these changes. They're not popular because they're not the ones that have the millions of dollars that that profit off of. I mean, if you really want to get into it, jail systems are nothing more than profiteering centers. Mm -hmm. That's it. And I mean, you and we could really get into this discussion and, and the vicious cycle of keeping enrollment in these prisons and bringing these people back in. It's it's systematic. When they talk about what systemic racism is, that's a huge part of it. And it's something that we haven't talked about. So I, I think it's really great that B-Dog brought it up. And at the end of the day, there are people who want to change it. Go vote for them. Well said. Well said. Public service announcement. Good job. And I think, you know, you know, one, one last point on when people get, you know, us as human beings, you know, we're resilient creatures who strive for that second chance, who strive for redemption, right? So everyone deserves that opportunity to learn from what they've done. You know, I'm not just talking about people coming out of prison. I'm talking about people who have struggled with addiction. I'm talking about people who have done other things in their lives, you know, that have had negative outcomes. You know, everyone deserves that chance to at, at redemption to build a life for themselves, to have the same opportunities as everybody else. And our system, to your point, Lewis, is simply not set up for that right now and needs to be reformed massively and expediently. So that's certainly the point I want to make there. And yeah, the other point that B-Dog touched on earlier that I just wanted to, that, that I had landed on was when someone is trying to teach you about these things, any of these topics we've discussed tonight, listen to them. Don't retort with your boilerplate response to get defensive and not learn anything. Sit down, listen, be open perspective. Yeah, it's, and let me, I saw something on social media that was very, very profound. It's a privilege that we even get to learn about racism instead of experience it. Mm -hmm. It is an absolute privilege that we get to learn about it and not experience it. Because I am, I have never been the victim of racism and I probably never will be as a white male. But the fact that I get to learn about it is I'm lucky that I solely have to learn about it. And it's unfortunate that I have to learn about it because that means it exists. Agreed. I guess I'll add my take. Um, well, for me, it's kind of, it's scary to me. Ellen and I both work in the Bronx, and I'm sure 
you guys have all seen how terrible it is in the Bronx right now. Um, we work with special needs um, students. So for me, it's scary on a level where I'm not able to talk to my students in person um, because we're not in school. Um, and a lot of these students that I have live in on the streets that are being destroyed and burned. So for me, it's a, it's a different level of, of fear for the students that I work with every day, work with every day. Um, and just knowing that they're waking up to burning streets and riots and, all this violence and don't have the capacity to be able to ask questions because of their disabilities and knowing that they are just living in fear and, and, and don't really have a way to express themselves. Um, that has made me sick to my stomach um, and not being able to be there to to help calm them or you know we're having all these all these uh professional development trainings and but there's only so much you can do online you know um a lot of these these kids don't even have online access um so it's it's very sad and and scary that they don't have a way to um to understand what's going on um, and just live in fear and wake up and see all of this. Um, you know, it's, it's, how do I say it? So I'm Jewish. I've, I've had anti-Semitism toward me, but it's different. And I, and I apologize if I'm rambling. Um, I really didn't prepare anything specifically because I didn't want to do that. I just wanted to talk off the top of my head, so I apologize. It's all from the but um, you know, for for the black community, you know, as B Dog said, you you have a target on your back from day one. You know, I as much as anti-Semitism is is terrifying and affects me on a daily basis. I can hide from it if that makes sense, you know. Um, it's it's. I don't know where where it's. I, I feel like it, when we finally end up in a place where things look good, we end up in the same place again, and it's just a never-ending cycle. And you know, something I was going to say, which B Dog touched on as well, is that the looting is a way to get your voice heard. How many times has this happened and all we do is talk and nobody listens? How, as much as the looting is awful and the rioting is awful and the violence is awful, how else is anybody going to hear what needs to be changed and, and what these human beings are feeling and going through on a daily basis? And it's, it's just, it's very scary where this country is right now. And I am not blaming it all on our leader, but our leader is absolutely no role model. Um, it's, it's just scary. And I, I, 
to that scary. point, Scotty, you know, how, you know, how many times did, you know, Colin Kaepernick take a knee and people were more concerned about a piece of cloth? How many times has LeBron James tried to empower inner city youth or spoken out on things? People just told him to shut up and stick to basketball across entertainment. Shut up and stick to whatever you do. Shut up and dribble was the one line used toward LeBron. We as African-Americans, we know that you like you don't have also have let me say this you don't have to explain to us that your grandparents or great grandparents died for the country's flag because they also forget that our ancestors also tried to fight for the flag and no one cared about no one cared about the African American soldiers that fought to get their freedom mm-hmm. to leave these plantations and it's it's sad it's and also they were used as sacrifice there there are many wars where they didn't even give them weapons they either gave them spears because they were like you guys are from Africa you know how to use spears and they put them out in the front lines to be the ones to get shot first. So they had the opportunity to jump over their bodies to advance the attack. And that, that's, that's just another, another thing that kind of annoys us as well when it comes to when people talk about the flag and how Kaepernick protested. We understand that. We understand if that's your view. But at the same time, we were also trying to fight for our freedom as well. And we were shut out by the country. Or there, when people... Uh, I Even Vietnam. With Vietnam, when they were black soldiers that came back that fought for Vietnam people treated them like crap and they felt well I fought I was taken out of high school I was taken away from my family I made friends in Vietnam that I don't even have anymore and I come home and this is how I'm treated and I, I that's that's one of the reasons why Kaepernick did what he did mm-hmm. and I think he was he was a person that said don't sit but you can take a knee mm-hmm. and he and consulted with a, uh, an armed services member about the right way to do it the right yes. way to do it mm-hmm. and that's what that person told. yes yes and I, I was actually very upset when the NFL posted um about their views because I was like, here was a man that was trying to make that statement and you pretty much let him go of his job. And now here we are six years later from him protesting from Eric Gardner and just down the line, like here we are again, the same exact phrase is said and then 
now everyone is kind of like, oh my God, this is happening. And it's like, now people want to listen. I'm like, we've been telling you this for some, since Rodney King, since 92, we've been trying to tell you, this is what's going on. Why does it take almost 30 years for you now to realize what is happening to black people in this country. And I, I again, I, I understand where people want to learn and they, they want to understand and stuff, but it's like, there's some people that are like completely oblivious. Like, oh, I didn't even know racism exists. I didn't even know this, this happened this way. I didn't know this was the, I'm just like, come on. Like we've been trying to tell you, but nobody, nobody wants to listen. I also and, think people know they just want to see how long they can turn a blind eye to it. I, I think, yeah, right. I think there's a lot of willful ignorance. I really do. Yeah. You know, I mean, how many, like by now, I think any reasonable person knows that the response to Black Lives Matter is not all lives matter. Yet you still see comment sections with people doing that, you know, and at what point. You know, do you stop being so willfully ignorant and you open your ears and your mind and listen? Mm -hmm. And my thing with that, when people say all lives matter, you're saying that everyone, you're including everyone. So when someone just says right now in this moment, black lives matter, these are the people that we need right now. Mm -hmm. These are the people that need our help. You can't just be like, no, because all lives matter. Okay, then stand up and fight. If that's what you believe, then great. If you believe that, that's fine. But fight with us. Protest with us. Call out your government officials. Call out uh, theater companies. There's, There's a lot. There's theater companies, there's businesses that haven't said anything, then they know that they I shouldn't say need black people, but there are there are people there are companies that have black workers and that either carry out certain tasks that others can't that they rely on them. So it's like you not saying anything. It's like, okay, well, when I get back to work, am I going to be treated differently because this event happened? Or or if something happened to me and like, so I'm walking in the front of the building and I get approached by a police officer and now they kill me in front of my job. What is my job going to say in that moment? Right. right. And it's, that's, that that's the only thing that we're asking for it's like if i work for a company and you know that i'm of loyal service to you i gave you either 20 years of my life working for this company at least show some respect to say listen this is what's going on in this country and we have full support of what's going on you don't even have to say black lives matter we're not even forcing people to say it. We're all that we're asking is 
just to show your support and acknowledge that there's things that are going wrong in this country. You can't just like, it's not happening. Or I can't, I'm not going to say that because it's going to hurt our brand. It's it's just not it's just not right and it's not fair. I agree. I think every you know every company right now has a certain social responsibility to stand behind its employees, to stand behind its people right now. And if you're not doing that, then you know, you know it does you know it, it even causes me to kind of look at that brand a little differently right now because you know this is. To me, it's just a clear battle of right versus wrong at this point, you know, and, you know, businesses, brands, organizations need to stand for their people and for all of their people. And when one group of those people is going through something particularly challenging, as in this moment, then there needs to be extra attention there, extra care given there. I mean, I don't know about... You guys and and B Dog, I'd I'd love to hear your opinion on this. Um, personally, I I'm tired of just the lip service of it all, though. I mean, to your point, what you said, Gerard, the uh, Drew Brees. I, I don't. I know you said he he made an apology. I saw the apology. I don't think it's enough. I don't think you can sit here and say he knew what he was saying. He's a grown educated man he's been in the limelight for many many years many years mm-hmm. he know he knew what he was saying when he made those comments he didn't mince words you know it's not like he uh, well i might have misspoke you know i didn't mean to mm-hmm. you know maybe maybe i could have phrased it a little differently maybe yeah. i could have had my intention misconstrued that way mm-hmm. he knew what he was saying and i'm, I'm tired i'm tired of seeing these grand apologies. I apologize to anyone who I may have hurt. What a, what a cop out. Oh, to anyone I may have hurt. Well, it's okay. So that should absolve you. Actions, especially in this day and age, it's so easy for everyone to talk. There's a platform for everyone to talk. And, and you can just put out this generic apology that every news, if, if you're famous, every news station is going to pick it up. You don't even have to go out there and put a, you know, there's not even have to be words coming out of your mouth. If you type it up and put it on Twitter, it's going to be out on ESPN in, in, in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think that's enough. And I'm calling, and I, I want to call everyone out. And the businesses, like B Dog said, I, I really appreciate that you're saying you only want them to, to show that they stand with you. I don't think that's enough. I don't. I think if you, you have a, a moral responsibility. I, I genuinely mean what I say. I, I don't want to talk about it. I now want to be about it. Mm-hmm. I want to figure out ways that we can start, start, cre- you know, creating a difference. And it doesn't come from just saying we stand with you. It's no longer on black people in America to progress further. They've presented their arguments and they've presented them in, in, intellectually and they, and they, with earnest and, and, and with impassioned pleas for years and years. It's not on them anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, 24 hours is not enough time, you know, and, and not for nothing. He just got a great contract in a city of New, New Orleans, Louisiana, that is a very predominantly black city. 
there's a lot of good change that could happen there. And, and he shouldn't talk about it. He should be about it. He should go set up. He should get into the community. He should get involved. If he really wants us to believe that he, he didn't mean what he said, show it. Don't, don't, I, I'm tired of the lip service. I'm sorry. But that that's it, the problem is saying it is enough for the, the NFL saying it is enough. But, but it's not, it's not. No, it, it's not, I agree. I agree. Not. But, but and, and that's the precedent to, that's set. Right. But that's what I'm saying. We have to, and that's the thing. We as consumers have to no longer, that can't be acceptable for us anymore. We're the ones who set that standard. If we go, if it's easy to say, oh, well, he apologized. And, and I'm not meaning to pick on you, Gerard, at, at all, by any means. But, you know, and I, it, it's not, I think it's one of those things we don't actively think about. But you said, you said yourself, you're like, oh, well, he apologized. And to me, it's like, well, that's bullshit. The guy, he said what he said 24 hours ago. What great epiphany did he have other than getting getting lashed out on for the last 24 hours from every every media outlet that there was and every and every one of his teammates? Well, dear, you know, to your point, yes. I mean, there is saying it. There is saying I'm sorry to those I've hurt and I want to apologize to the NFL and my teammates and the city of New Orleans and this, that, and the other thing. Then there's actually, okay, well, what are you going to do about it? Um, you know, and actually, you know, I, I agree with you 100%. You know, it's not, the apology is not enough, especially in this day and age, especially where everyone can make that kind of canned apology and wave the magic wand and go away. I know tons of people who that apology is not good enough for. You know, and probably never will be. It's going to take a lot of action on his part. And it, hopefully he takes that action. Uh, you know, it's, but it remains to be seen. Yeah. It's, it's just like that phrase, put up or shut up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. I yep. think, yep. and I, I definitely, I, I see where Lewis is coming from with, you know, uh, these companies. Um, it, it's also it's a very I can also see where like most of these companies are coming from because they either know that they're funded by a certain group of people and if they say something that another group may not agree with then it becomes great. Well, I think I hurt the business or I think I hurt the brand, but I, I just feel that like, yes, you can, you can post that, you know, we are doing this, but we also are going to post links about this, 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 and this. Mm -hmm. We want you guys to take action. We know that we are taking action as a company and that's what that's what most a lot of um, these companies are are doing, or even even businesses. Um, I know with with my show, they they posted um, their concern, and they said, "Here's a way to educate yourself. Donate here. Here are funds. Donate here. Take action. We are taking action as well." And that's I think that's what makes us happy mm-hmm. and at least like lift something off of our shoulders. I mean, like, look, with all of the protesting and rioting, 
we finally got all four of these cops yeah. charged. But it took and way now, too long. It, exactly. It did take way too long. But now that, you know, we are at a moment where I wasn't even happy when they said third degree. I wasn't happy at all. I said, no, this guy needs at least a second degree charge. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, if they give him third degree, he most likely will do five years. And then he's back on the force. Like, he, they all need to be charged and sentenced, but they were trying to find, like, evidence and stuff. I'm like, y'all, there's, there's a video. There's two videos with two different angles. And they also released another video that showed that they threw him in the car and the same cop was beating him up in the car. So I'm like, there's three videos that are out here that surface. What, what more, like what evidence do you need? What else do you need to show that this man was murdered in the streets and that there's countless others that have lost their lives due to this madness. I think also anybody can see that all four officers were responsible because any one of them at any moment, right? and there were a lot of moments there, could have said, whoa, stop. Pulled them off. That's enough. None of them did it. They are all complicit. They should all (laughs) go to prison. And they should all go there for a long time. And they better. They better. Because if they don't, then what does that say about the justice system? What does that say about society? And and who's to say that whatever whatever happens, if things don't go right, who's to say what's going to happen after that? Right. I mean... We really don't want another event like what happened in Ferguson. No, I don't think anyone wants that. But it seems it seems that when we feel like we're so close to getting justice, it gets snatched it gets snatched away from us so quickly. Mm-hmm. And like we and you know, people feel like, well. I did, I did this for nothing, but it's like, you didn't do it for nothing. The fact that, you know, people protested, people fought, fought back, argued. And the fact that they were, I mean, at least charged with something to me, for me, that's, that's an accomplishment. Mm -hmm. And regardless, whatever happens at at the end of this, I know that I still will be upset about the outcome. But I know personally that I did something to make a difference. Like, this was my first time ever protesting. And I I protested Tuesday. Mm -hmm. First time I ever went out and protested, and I was I was scared. I was nervous because I was like, I don't know what's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. How was it? 
It was amazing. Yeah. It, there was people hanging out of their cars, honking. It, it was a moment where you didn't see black, white, Hispanic, Native American. You didn't see any of that. You just saw people coming together because they want justice. People just want to see a change in this country. And if it starts with this, like I, I posted on my Instagram uh, while I was marching, there was there was an elderly black woman who like we locked eyes with each other and she just had tears in her eyes because who's to say that she she marched for civil rights back then and the fact that you know she's living in an, in an unfortunate event but her singing not just black people protesting but every all walks of life are walking together that's an accomplishment on her end if she marched with the civil rights movement where mostly it was just black people and just a little bit of white people here and there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the, the fact that, you know, she's, she's seeing all walks, different skin colors, different races, different religious backgrounds, all coming together to march for just one person or multiple people. It shows you how far we came and how far, or we still need to go. And I think that's that's where every everyone wants to be in like in the mindset and just just be present in that moment. We had in Nashville earlier today four teenagers uh, with um, Black Lives Matter organized a protest downtown. And four teenagers organized it, Ten, about 10,000 people estimated. And like you said, all walks of life, every race, every age, every sexual orientation. And that, seeing that, and we shared it out, uh, News Channel 5 uh, here in Nashville was showing it. We shared it out on the Underground Music Collective page if anyone wants to go watch it. Like seeing that gave me a lot of hope and made me feel like we're at least making progress toward unifying in terms of a message in society. And I mean, not to say we don't have a long way to go because we certainly have far to go, but it's a beautiful thing to see that everybody's starting to come together and speak up. This truly is like a watershed moment I feel in our lifetimes. Yeah, this is something that this is a movement that we're going to remember, like the movements we learned about in school and we're going to tell right. our kids about. And, you know, we have a lot of work to do. We have a long way to go, but I it feels through all of this pain and confusion and anger right now, it does feel like progress is being made to a degree. Like I was saying earlier, one of the things like I was trying to articulate was that I'm trying to hold on to as far as hope. And I think that's what you guys just touched on is a great example of the fact that I think 
it is no longer the where it used to be less than a hundred. I mean, if you think about it, the timeline of all this, America's been here for how long? You know, mm-hmm. and it's it's only within the it's less than a hundred years. I mean, this is you're talking seventy years ago. It's when the civil rights movement started. Think about it. There were there are people that are still alive that at one point it was socially acceptable <laughs> that there were two different water fountains and there were two different schools. And it, I mean that 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 still exists. There are those people are still out there, but I think, and, and I'm not trying to say this as like as an aggressive call to oh well they're they're dying out, but I mean I don't think. I'm not looking for the people to wither away. I, I, I truly believe that as we've progressed further and further from that and we've learned more, I think we are now heading towards the majority of people being good and, and hoping for equal rights and hoping for and, and hoping for the safety of, of every person of color out there and, and and not just black people, but as far as, you know, the, the violence to stop against anyone of Hispanic, of Islamic, of, of Native American descent, that finally we're getting to this place where we realize it's, it's not okay. And it's a different world. And, and I really, and I think that's what I'm hoping, holding on to hope, because it seems like exactly what Gerard and B-Dog just said was, is true that, the majority is now starting to see this is where we need to go as a country. This is where we need to go if we're going to progress. Mm-hmm. So that's what I hold on to. I also think it's important what you said. It's a voting year. We need a leader who can lead us, not turn out the lights and hide under the bed. Have the White mm-hmm. House turn into a spirit Halloween store. Yeah, that was, that was amazing. Like that? I like that. <laughs> but seriously, I mean, what is he turned the lights out? Mm-hmm. He's, he's hiding. It's that's the last person we need. Honestly, you know, I think on that note, and I'm really breaking my rule of no politics on the Quinn spin tonight. I think Sorry. the presidency. No, it's fine because we we knew it was going to go this way. And, you know, we, we, these things need to be talked about. Um, I'm just acknowledging it because that was the longstanding rule. But Right. Yeah, no religion either. I, I honestly think that the presidency is just another apprentice to him, just another appearance at WrestleMania to him. It's just another game to be won. You know, it's just another thing to give him attention. And however he has to keep that attention, he will. And I agree. We, I, I, I hope we don't have another four years of that. We won't. We won't. Mm-hmm. I hope not. No, we won't. It just there's too many, and maybe this again, maybe too romantic a notion, but there are too many educated and like-minded people in this world now. You know, I I think that's all he's done is his real estate, his hotels, his his vodka, his, his university. This is another Trumpism. Mm-hmm. The pre- he is taking the presidency of the United States, and he I, he played on emotions. He duped people in uh, a very vulnerable time. In he captured a very vulnerable time in American history where we're coming out of a recession. Where we're coming, we just had the first black president ever. It was a time of where we should be progressing, but you the anti last remaining people 
and say, hey, come on, we're, we're going to we're going to take it back. And I truly believe going to make it all great again. Right. Exactly. That's and that was it. Make it make it great again. We, we we're going to take it back. And I truly, truly, truly believe in my heart of hearts that come this election time, his promises were empty. Is it, it, even if no matter how you feel, even if you're <laughs> if there's someone who's the most racist person in this world is watching this, you cannot sit there and say that. Guess what? Trump said he was going to make the economy great again. Record unemployment. Trump said he was going to have Mexico pay for the wall. We are paying for an unfinished wall. Trump said he's going to bring jobs back. He lied. He duped you. And if you don't see that, and if you don't realize that, uh, that's unfortunate. But I think most, most voting Americans will see what this presidency has been about. And I'm sorry, I, I know we don't. No, Gerard, I know we don't speak about politics on the show. Today but, uh, we are. Today we are. So that's that's my feeling on that. Is that we we are bigger than this, than everything that's going on. And I have to choose to see it that way, because if not, <laughs> I guess bring on the aliens and asteroids at this point. The murder hornets and toads. Yep, yep. Yeah. The, the dog killing yeah. toads that are coming up from Florida. But, you know, um, and if people don't see that, then are we looking at the same thing? Like, that's what I want to know. Are we even looking at, are, you, are we even watching the same train wreck unfold here? Because how do you not see that this entire experiment, because that's what it is, is an experiment the past four years, has been an abject disaster. How do you not, as a thinking human being, see that? You know, and like, you know, I'm going to say, I, I'm, I'll, I'll stand behind that, what I just said, and I don't care who unlikes the page. He's a moron. He's a train wreck. He's a disaster. And if you still support him, please go click that unlike button because you're probably... Well, you, you, well, you don't want to say that. That's the one thing I, I wish I would see less of during all this. I hope instead of clicking on the unlike, feel free to choose the message. I, I don't, sorry to task you with this, <laughs> with, with this Quinn, but uh, hopefully, you just got served. No, I'm hoping that instead of choosing the unlike, they, they decide to message you and engage in a, a productive and educational conversation with well, someone like yourself. Well, let's hope. <laughs> let's hope. Let's hope. <laughs> Let's um, I have but yeah, hey, you know what I realized we have not heard from is, is JD. Yeah, um, I was just trying to I was going to try to find an opening to uh, get in because I got a, I got a lot to say, but um, it's it's 932 Eastern. Um, we've gone quite a while, but honestly, this topic, in my opinion, deserves to go on as long as it needs to go on for. Um, I got nowhere so, to be. Yeah, me either. I, <laughs> I mean, I'll. You're gonna know a little bit about my life too, and why I had nowhere to be. But you know, this this is gonna turn into a bit of a story. But um, I got a message either Sunday night or Monday night from a friend of mine who is black. We were in a um, a church small group together with uh, another group of people, and she brought up the fact that two years ago we had a conversation about racism amongst other topics that we talked about um and now two years later when all of this is going down um with the murder of george floyd going on she called us out and said where are you all she called out the fact that we weren't saying anything on social media 
And, you know, initially I felt obvious discomfort, you know, nobody likes to be called out, but I think the key there and a real measure of one's character is pushing past that discomfort of being called out and looking inside yourself and seeing, well, is what they said correct? And I, I thought about it for a while and I said to myself, yeah, I haven't done anything. I had just come back from vacation. This all happened while I was in Florida on vacation, which, you know, also is a suspect thing to be doing because of coronavirus, but <laughs> and we did it anyway. Um, and I immediately typed out something um, that had lots of grammatical errors. I think I've edited it two or three times, but, um, and I realized to myself that I have been complicit with the racism, the systemic racism that's been going on in this country because I've been too afraid of confrontation. And I told myself, and I posted this on Facebook, I said, I, I can't be afraid of confrontation anymore because there is something much greater going on. There is injustice being done to the black community. And honestly, I can't be scared of confrontation anymore because I need to make a stand. And this is a stand that I should have made decades ago. Mm -hmm. I'm 32 years old. I should have made this stand when I was 12. Granted, I probably wasn't mature enough at 12 to realize it, but you know, I've been complicit and I don't want to do that anymore. And you know, it's, it, there are so many different ways that you can support what's going on and support black lives matter. You don't have to protest. I myself, for some reason, I just, I got to go in baby steps. Um, a little thing about me that I, I don't think, I think only Gerard knows this about me, but I've been suffering from chronic depression since I was six years old. There are still things that I can do. I have donated to two black organizations, two black charities, used some of my money in order to support them. I supported Know Your Rights Group, which is the organization that was founded by Colin Kaepernick. And I've also supported Beam, which is uh, black emotional and uh, I'm so sorry, I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, black emotional and mental health collective. I've donated to both of those organizations. Um, but this is the time right now. The best time has passed. The best time to help with this movement has long passed. The second best time to help with this movement is right now. It's not enough to just post on social media. It's not enough to post a black square on your profile to say that you support Black Lives Matter and not either talk about it, donate, or go to a protest. Something needs to be done. You need to do something. It's not enough to just say, I support this. This has been going on for so long and there has been systemic racism that exists in this country decades after the Civil War. Redlining was the first part of systemic racism in this country. And DL Hughley had a wonderful um, Instagram post that was shared by another Instagram account. I can't remember what it is about systemic racism. I apologize. I don't know their name, but 
the time is long past to do something about this. And it's unfortunate. And I'm so sorry that I've been complicit in not speaking up because not speaking up is also not doing anything. Well, to that point too, I think, you know, I, I certainly, I find myself in that position as well, where, you know, the platforms I have rarely have they tackled the topic, you know, like we were talking about how for years here at the Quinn spin, there's been no politics, no religion, uh, parameter set on our content. And the time for that has long since passed, JD, as you, mm-hmm. as you alluded. And it's time that we have these discussions. It's time that we use our platforms, whatever they are, here on social media, here, you know, whatever we have to put forth a, method, a message of unity, a message of togetherness, you know, whatever we can do to make this world a better and more inclusive and more accepting place, that's what we should do. That's how, you know, and I think all of us certainly can take that forward from tonight, from, you know, the past couple of weeks, just from the past several years, from this entire, from, from our entire lives and this entire course of American history, you know, is what can we do to encourage that progress? What can we do to be a voice of support, be a voice of unity and love in the conversation? You know, so I mean, JD, you know, don't feel like you're alone in that because I, I'll tell you right, I haven't done enough, but that's going to change, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it's up to each of us to decide what that change is for each of us. But as long as we make it, I think that's the important thing. Well, this has been very much, I think, needed. You know? Mama Rock just commented, fantastic show, gentlemen. Thank you, Mama Rock. Mama Rock. Appreciate that. Absolutely. Always um, a friend of the show. I said this in the chat, um, yeah. but I, there's this message that's been going around on social media that I think is um profound and i think it's a good way to conclude mm-hmm. if uh if y'all would if y'all are okay with me reading it uh, please okay um yeah this is um it's entitled what if um so let me read it off here what if 2020 isn't canceled what if 2020 is the year we've been waiting for A year so uncomfortable, so painful, so scary, so raw that it finally forces us to grow. A year that screams so loud, finally awakening awakening us from our ignorant slumber. A year we finally accept the need for change, declare change, work for change, become the change. A year we finally band together instead of pushing each other apart. 2020 isn't canceled, but rather it's the most important year of all. Uh, yes I love that I believe that you know I think to the point of that message JD instead of thinking oh well this is the worst year ever this year is over screw it let's get to 2021 what can we do to make the next we got about seven months left it's the beginning of June what can we do to make those the best most meaningful seven months we've ever put in and you know as as crazy and unfortunate and awful this year has been i can recognize that there have been some good things that have happened in my life 
as a result of all this. I mean, I've, I've reconnected with people that I haven't talked to in, in a long time because of the social distancing of coronavirus. Um, I've met three people here in quarantines are more people that aren't here with us today because we started to do this quarantines. Um, I've never felt more empowered in my life, taking a stand and deciding to be more vocal regarding, you know, the black lives matter movement. You know, those are some good things that have happened in my life personally. And yes, there are still terrible things going on outside of the world, but you know, if we can grab on to some of those good, the good things that are happening in our personal lives, it, it, I think it makes it much easier to, to soldier the unfortunate stuff that's going on out there I, I, and fight. I agree. You know, finding that love within mm-hmm. helps you inform the world around you, helps you influence the world around you, but it starts there. And I think this time where we all have been on lockdown, you know, to varying degrees, depending on the part of the country, of course, has been a time to find that within all of ourselves and figure out, mm-hmm. okay, what's in here that when we get back out there, I can give. You right. Know? How do I fill my cup so that I can pour in other cups? You know, and certainly that message seems to take on new meaning by the day, <laughs> you know, with everything happening in the world between the pandemic and George Floyd and just in this culmination of events here. You know, what mm-hmm. can you do? You know, how can you use this time to listen, to learn to love and appreciate yourself for who you are and what you are and share that? I think it's very important. Absolutely. So, well, thank you, gentlemen. Does anybody else, and thank all of you out there for watching. I see in the comments here, Holly was watching, Olivia, Diana Johnson, uh, you're welcome for the talk. Thank you for joining us here tonight. Um, yeah. Uh, just one thing, too, real quick. I tend to look at how many viewers we have each week, just glance at it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the highest viewership I've seen this week. Yeah. The week we're not talking about, you know, funny stuff and stupid news. Whatever talking about. Lewis got himself yeah. into that. As great yeah. as stupid so. news is, let's not bash stupid news. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> It'll be back kudos to week. you all. <laughs> kudos to you all watching no, out this, there. For, this, you know what? Something yeah. about this just felt right you know i told you guys going into this i was like do i prepare something do i do i do i what do i do but i feel like all of us just went off the cuff and just really spoke from the heart Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's when we're at our best i know in the past that's when we're at our best and i just feel like that's still true is when we don't plan sometimes that's when Mm -hmm. we really make a make a, a the stand. Yeah. So this felt this felt good. And honestly, I had no yeah. idea how this was going to go after my opening monologue, which I practiced in the car and like loved <laughs> up half of anyway. So thank you guys for, you know, joining and, you know, opening up here. You know, I think all of us definitely, you know, had something to say <laughs> about this tonight and hopefully the folks watching whether for part or all also found you know found some value in this dialogue and let's keep yeah. the dialogue going please mm-hmm. keep it going with us let us know what you want yeah. to talk about you know i mean uh, like i said at the beginning of the show we do like to have fun but if we you know especially in these times if we do need to take a more serious turn once in a while i think all of us here are behind that absolutely, absolutely. yeah 
I mean, the other important thing to keep in mind, sorry, Quinn, I know you want to conclude. Oh, no, 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 go ahead. Um, I was talking about this with my parents at dinner. Um, You know, right now, this is because of the way the news cycle is. This is in the forefront of, of a lot of people's minds. But when this goes through the news cycle and it's not in the forefront of the media, this needs to continue. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This can't die and out. It's a perfect example. How quick did Corona go out, out the window? Yeah. And how when quickly the did the racism. That? Sorry, I didn't mean to. No, that, no that was it. I mean, it's... yeah, the racism with, you know, Asian, Asian people and, and, and Chinese people with yeah. the origins of the coronavirus. That is completely mm-hmm. lost in the news now. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Certainly. Well, again, thank you all for joining you know tonight joining here on the call joining out there watching wherever you are and we'll do this again you know we'll probably bring stupid news back next week just to yeah, just to baby laugh steps. a little bit man yeah, this baby has been steps. crazy this has been <laughs> how about this how about we do stupid news and then i'll bring in a feel-good story too there we go there we I, go. I like it yeah deal yeah. yes I'll do deal if i could shake your hand i would deal <laughs> gotta give the whole corona i just i just i just shook with my left hand though so That's, i'm, I'm left-handed though so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well this has become yeah, a, a big midwestern goodbye as they say <laughs> hey i'm from ohio I, big fan I, big I, fan I, of the midwest look i live in the mid-south now so you know i'm, I'm close yeah. enough but anyone else before we sign off no thank you for letting us do this Absolutely. Yes. thank you for joining thank you. me Thank you for joining me and for opening up and offering your perspectives. Love you guys. Stay safe. Love you too. Stay healthy and grab some muffins on the way out.